Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We have learned that God is good all the time. We have learned that God wants to load you with the good things so that it will overflow to the point that people can see that God is real and God is good. We learned from the story last night that Jacob, when he first listened to the testimony of his sons, he did not believe. He did not believe that Joseph was alive. He just said, it's impossible. It's too good to be true that Joseph was alive. Until Jacob saw the cards loaded with jewelry and good food and all the good things that came from Egypt. By that time, he said, it is enough. I believe now that Joseph is alive. The same thing. We need to trust God, that God will demonstrate his goodness in our life, loaded our life with his goodness, so that our testimony will be evidenced by our life testimony, not just word, but when people look at us, they know that Jesus is alive. Psalm chapter 34, verses 1 to 5. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. What will happen if all Christians praise God all the time? What will happen if Christians always glorify God and give honor to God? I believe that their life will be a big difference to themselves and to other people. They will see the change in their life. I want to encourage all of you to live a life of magnifying, exalting, and praising God all the time, up and down, bad or good happen to you. You always say, thank you, Lord. I praise you. The word of praise continually come out from your mouth not the words of complaining, the words of doubt, the words of negative things, but you always praise God. No matter what happened, I shall praise the Lord. And what happened when we keep our eyes looking to God? The Bible says that their face were not ashamed, but were radiant. Why so many people get confused? Why so many people look so depressed and so darkened? Because their eyes are upon something else. If your eyes are upon the Lord, you will be enlightened. You will be radiant. You will be so bright. Why? Because you look at the light and the light shine on you. Then you will know and you will be enlightened. Everything in your life will become clearer and clearer and clearer. But if you look at the world, you look at the darkness, you look at the things of the world, or dark, you're going to be darkened, you're going to be confused, and you will not be radiant. I want to encourage all of you 
to keep your eyes on God, not on the circumstances, not on the things around you, but on God, on His Word, on His goodness, on His truth, so that the light of God will shine on you and you will not stay in confusion. You will be radiant. You will know exactly what to do. He will shine the light for you. You will live in the light all the time. Everyone say, I will praise the Lord all the time. My eyes shall look to Him all the time. Verse 6, the Bible says, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. There are many kinds of troubles that come from poverty. And being poor is not the will of God. Don't take me wrong. I'm not trying to teach you to be materialistic or love money or money talker. I need to have a huge house. I need to have multiple cars. And I, you just keep looking for money. I'm talking about we have more than enough to do good things. Amen? I'm not talking that you have to be money seeker and I, I want to be materialistic, get all the money to me. I don't care about somebody else. We are talking about rich in God. We have more than enough to pay bills, to buy food, to pay tithe, to go to the mission field, to feed people who don't know God and tell them about Jesus, take them out for vacation with you. We have enough money to do good things, to spread the word of God, to spread the gospel. And God said that he can deliver us from the troubles that come from poverty. I believe it with all my heart that God is the provider and you shall not be in lack if you seek Him with all your heart. Many people say, no, God wants to keep me poor so that I can learn so many lessons. Is it true? You can learn many lessons being rich. Actually, better being rich to learn many lessons because you can buy books, you can buy tapes, you can go to the conferences, you can go to camp. If you're poor, how can you come to camp? Somebody else has to pay for you. But if you're rich, you can pay for somebody else. And they can come to camp and learn right away before you make mistake. You don't need to learn from mistake. You learn the Word of God and protect yourself from making mistakes. Amen? Verse 7, the Bible says, The angel of the Lord encamps or around those who fear him and delivers him. Let us confess together. I will lead you. The angel of the Lord encamps all around me who fears him and delivers me. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague Come near my house because God is good. We need to confess this. We need to believe it that we are under God's protection. God sent His angel to protect us. Many Christians, millions of Christians in the world don't believe in the goodness of God. They don't believe in the protection of God. They always say like this, you never know Bad things can happen to good people. It's just a matter of the season and the time. It is His will for us to fail. 
If this is will for us to get destroyed, is that biblical? If you hear people make a comment like this, are you going to believe them? You need to make a decision whether you're going to believe in what the Bible says or what people say. Are you going to believe in what the Bible say or what the preacher say? If the preacher doesn't say what the Bible say. Are you going to believe what God says or the comment of people? I recommend you to take side with the Bible no matter what people say. No matter what you experience, no matter what you feel, and no matter what you see. You stay with the word. Take side with the word. Agree with the word all the days of your life. This is my firm decision since I was a new believer. That I'm going to stay with the word no matter how I feel. No matter what happened in my life. I may face failure, disappointments, but I'm going to stay with the word. I'm not going to doubt the word of God because God never lies. Stay with the word of God. The word is always right, no matter what happened. We need to be that kind of Christian. Amen? The angel will encamp around our family, our business, our church. He will protect us, and if we believe it, the Lord will move for us, and He can protect us and do great things among us. The Lord can do great and mighty things among us. Verses 8 to 10, the Bible says, Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good things. Everyone say with me. I seek the Lord. And I shall not lack any good things. If you believe that, you're going to start to test and see and experience for yourself the goodness of God. And you will say, Ayah, God is good. Oh, ho, God is good. Oh, God is good. I heard that the Hebrew language say, Ah, God is good. This Bible is written in English. That's why it says, Oh. But the original language is, Ah. God is good. Wah! God is good. <laughs> you can tell people that God is good. You have experienced the good things from God. Amen? I and Pastor Da have experienced the good things from God all these years because we seek the Lord with all our heart. We build the church, we seek the word, we seek the fire, we never miss church, we love God, we just press in and press in, do whatever God say, and God has poured out, Lord, us with all the goodness all the time. Amen. Last night when we went back to the cabin, Pastor Da said, yeah, you're right, your preaching last night was right, we're so loaded with the good things from God. And we can talk about the goodness of God all day long. Amen. Hallelujah. The subject of the goodness of God seems to be very simple, but actually it's a big deal because Satan has unceasingly attacked this issue as far as the church is concerned. He has been attacking this issue all this century. You know why? Because he doesn't want people to know that God is good so that unbelievers will not come into the kingdom of God so that the believers will feel discouraged and leave the church 
so that the kids in the church, when they grow up to go to the college, they leave the church. The issue of the goodness of God is a big issue. It has been lied about. It has been twisted. It has been diluted and explained away and covered up that no one see that God is good. I believe that this message is very important to our church and to all over the world. Amen? Some people may say, yes, God is good, but God has some dark side inside Him. Is it true? No. God has no dark side inside Him. Some people say, God is so harsh. God is so judgmental. God is so critical. It's not true. That's the wrong comment. I don't believe that. I believe God is full of mercy. He is loving and is good all the time. Some Christians give 10% to the church, not because they want to. Because they were taught in the church that God is so mean and judgmental and critical. So they give 10% to the church because they're afraid that something bad can happen to them. It's like paying off the mafia. Somebody knock on your door, your shop. You open the door. And a guy was standing there and say, you're the owner of this shop? Yes. You need to buy insurance. No, I don't need any more insurance. You need to. Because if you don't buy it, some bad thing can happen tomorrow. Mafia. I'm going to come back every week to collect the premium. And you pay. Because you don't pay the premium to those mafia, something bad can happen. And many people come to God that way. They don't enjoy going to church. They want to leave the service as soon as possible. Because all of this time, they learn from religion that God is mean and harsh and judgmental and critical. And God going to get on them if they don't give 10% to church. I heard that some church even send bill to the members. Send statement. Not River of Blessing Church. What's a scary thing? It's so mean. That's why people don't like to go to church. That's why the unbelieving world hate church. Because God is so mean in their eyes. Because the preaching in the church is about God is so mean and God is going to get you if you don't do this thing. Millions of Christians do not have the awareness of the goodness of God at all. They think that God is mean. That's why God invites people, come to my table and test and see that I am good. Don't listen to those preachers. Don't listen to those organized religions. Don't listen to all those things. I am good. Come and test and see. We need to come up to a higher level of the awareness of the goodness of God and stop believing that there is a dark side inside Him. How can we do that? We need to actively believe and expect the goodness of God every single day. Everyone say actively. Believe. believe. And expect. And if you do that every single day when you wake up in the morning, I actively believe that God is good to me. I expect God going to do the good things to me today, every single day. Then your life will turn around and change. Because it takes faith to receive from God. If you read throughout the Bible, so many people make mistakes. King David make mistakes. Abraham make mistakes. All these people make mistakes. But what make God bless them? Faith. Because they come to God by faith. And when they have faith, they receive the grace from God, the goodness of God. The devil lies to the people about God all this time. The devil will tell them that, oh, don't believe that God is good. God is so mean to you. You don't need to go to him. 
That's okay. You're gonna go to hell if you don't believe in Him. He will try to discredit God in every way. But God's too good. Don't listen to the devil. Amen. And when you taste and see the goodness of God, you don't need any sophisticated vocabulary to explain about Him. You may not even need to try to study deep vocabulary about how good God is. God said to you right now, it's not about a thousand words describing my goodness. It's about your experience. Once you experience the goodness of God, there are not enough words to describe how good He is. How many people experience that? It's hard to describe how good He is. It's not about description, but it's about experiencing the goodness of God. Amen? God is good. What does it mean, good? I'll review one more time. Good means pleasant, beautiful, excellent, rich, prosperous, well, appropriate, beneficial, happy, honest, honorable, and right. God is pleasant. God is beautiful, not ugly. God is excellent. God is rich. God is prosperous. God is honest and beneficial. He's very appropriate. How can we tell how a person is? By looking at how he dresses and how he lives. Where does God live? A very nice place called heaven. It will be hypocritical for God to say that you need to be broke and poor while I'm living in heaven. It will be very hypocritical for God to say that a man who does not take care of his own immediate family is worse than the unbeliever, but he doesn't take care of you. Is that right? There is no double standard. If he lives in heaven, his kids are going to live in heaven too, on earth here. In other words, we will not lack. God said, you need to take care of your own immediate family. Will he take care of you? Will he take care of you? Will he take care of you? Do you trust him that he will take care of you? Do you trust him that he will show his goodness to you? Should we doubt him? Should we complain? Should we have a little bit of doubt that now I'm in trouble? God desert me. No, he's going to take care of you. You are his daughter. You are his son. He's going to take care of you. Everyone say, God is pleasant. God is just. God is right. God is honorable. God is honest. Beautiful. Beneficial. Happy. And well. And rich. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. What does the Bible say here? We should imitate God or act like God. God tried to say, hey children, represent me in the right way. If I'm a pleasant person, you need to be a pleasant person. If I am an honest person, you need to be an honest person. You need to be good like me. I'm joyful. You should be joyful. I am appropriate. You need to be appropriate. I am honorable. You need to be honorable. You need to represent me in the right way that the world will know who I am. Imitate me. That's why we come to church. We listen to the word. Let the word cleanse us, change us little by little. That's why we lay hand that the Holy Spirit will come into you and change you little by little until you become more joyful, more pleasant. I have to admit to you that 
I'm so happy to see people laugh in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because you're going to be more joyful like God. Have you ever seen my picture before I became a Christian? Maybe I should show a slide one day. I talk about this in the sermon all the time. One time I took the picture with an elephant in Rose Garden in Thailand, and I was growing up with negative thinking, pessimistic, and my face looked so dull and unhappy. At that time, I was boyfriend with Pastor Da. Her friend said that the elephant at Rose Garden looked more handsome than your boyfriend. <laughs> I need to find that picture in the album. They changed their mind now. Because of the joy of the Lord hit me in 1997. I could not smile. I was so very serious, man. After the joy of God hit me, I become more happy, smiling, laughing all the time. And I become more like God. I represent God now. I did not represent God at the beginning because I was so serious and so dark, so dull, so unhappy. We need more of the Holy Spirit. Amen? <laughs> A lot of times you see God's picture in some religion. That God is an old person with a long white beard. Sitting on the throne, looks sad and stern and unhappy. Ready to send fire to burn anybody anytime. Sometimes you see Jesus' picture with a long beard as a Jewish man. And look very serious and sad. Yes, Jesus was sad a few times. At the time that he saw Jerusalem, that people rejected him. And another time when he saw that Lazarus died... Another time, when he was scorched and whipped and spit on and was on the cross, he looked terrible at that time. But it was only a short moment. But I believe that all the 33 years of his life, I did not see Jesus walk around like a religious person with a long robe and, God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. I see Jesus as a Happy man walking around and the kids come to him and hug and the kids like to be around him because he was happy. He was joyful. Kids love to be around joyful person. Kids doesn't like to be around grouchy, negative person. Jesus was a joyful man. Actually, the Bible said that. Psalm 45 verse 7 say, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Talking about Jesus. Therefore, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. He's more joyful than his disciples. Amen? I'm going to be more joyful than you. <laughs> more than my companions. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9, the New Testament say the same thing. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, mean Jesus, capital Y, with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Many children love to be around Jesus. I believe he was a joyful man. So when you get lay hand on, ask God for the joy of the Holy Ghost. You can ask. Ask and it will be given. Seek, you shall find. You will be totally changed. Believe me, it's so good to have that joy. When God deposit that joy into your tummy here inside, the Bible compared the Holy Spirit to reverse. Rivers of healing, rivers of joy, many kind of rivers, R-I-V-E-R-S, not just one river. 
not just a river of healing, not just a river of wisdom, not just the river of testimony, a river of preaching, but rivers. And one of the rivers is joy. And when he deposits that inside your spirit here, out of your inner being will flow out the rivers. This is the container. And the joy of the spirit is inside here. Do you remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? Abraham dug many wells to feed his animal. But after he died, the Philistine plucked up the well with stones. Isaac grew up and Isaac came to the well and said, we need to get the stone out to feed the animal again. You know what Isaac means? Isaac means laughter. What God is using us to unplug the well of salvation, to let the anointing out of us to touch people's life. Laughter, the joy of the Holy Ghost. So when you touch with the joy, don't be too Chinese. <laughs> don't be too Thai. Not only Chinese, Thai too. Thai man usually very reserved. No emotion. You cannot laugh, you cannot smile. You need to act tough. Chinese men too. No emotion. I loved you. I don't know about Japanese. I loved you. No emotion. When the Lord touch you, go ahead, release. Laugh. Because you unplug the well. Isaac unplugged the well and the rivers of God come out. Amen? Do you know that in a revival meeting like this, the presence of God is so strong because so many well in here. So when I touch somebody and they laugh, the well open up and then spill out, the water spill out and touch the next person. Touch the next person. She's coming out the whole room filled with the water of God. Because the well of salvation keep open up everyone. Don't push back. Open it up. Take the stone out. The stone of unbelief. The stone of religion. The stone of madness. The stone of unforgiveness. The stone of doubting God. All these stones, get them out and laugh. And sometimes even you don't feel laughter, you just laugh. Amen? Sometimes you step out first and God do the rest. How do you speak in tongue? You speak in tongue by... Open your mouth and speak first. God is not going to open your mouth and speak for you. You need to open your mouth and speak. So you open your mouth and speak, then the Lord will touch you and follow. The same thing with laughter. When you get touched by God, open your mouth and laugh. And then God will follow. Amen? Now I get out from the topic. We should be joyful. Men, the reason, listen carefully, this is important. The reason many children left the church when they grow up and they don't want to go to church anymore because they don't see the goodness of God in the church. They never heard about the goodness of God. The preacher was so mean and critical. The parents learned from the preacher that God is so mean and critical and judgmental. So the parents do the same thing to the kids, very mean and critical and very judgmental. 
The kids grow up, never see the goodness of God. The parents are so tight, uptight, never smile, never laugh, never be loving, never be beneficial, honest, honorable. There is no goodness of God flowing in the church because the goodness of God is not taught in the church. So everybody in the church looks so mean, looks so religious. The kids grow up, hey, one day if I don't need to sit in your car to go to church, I have my own car. I'm not going to go to church on Sunday anymore. I'm going to leave the church. I'm tired of this religious thing. Religion doesn't help the kids. The goodness of God will keep the kids in the house. I'm glad that all of the kids in New Hope International Church still stay in the church today, even though they grow up. And some of them are worship leaders today because they see the goodness of God in the church. They don't walk out of the church. Amen? Now come to you. You need to represent God. How do you represent God? Represent the goodness of God. You need to allow the goodness of God come into you. Become like Him and you represent Him. When people in society see you, they see the goodness of God in you. Because they expect that you know Him. You come from church. You know Him, you represent Him. But if they see that you are so mean, so critical, so judgmental, so selfish, so self-centered, so unbeneficial, everywhere you go, you take advantage of people, get borrowed money from people, never pay back. You take advantage of from people. You are so mean, not honor your boss, not honor anybody. You're just so ungodly, un lack goodness of God. Then they don't want to come to know God because you represent Him. You are not a good representation of God. Amen? Everyone say, I will imitate God. I will demonstrate the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me go a little bit and then continue tonight. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Everyone said, the good of the land. Could you obey but not be willing? Could you do that? Could you be willing but not do it? This is something we need to teach our children. You tell your children to do something, and they stomp their feet. They bang the door, and they grudgingly say, yes, mom, I do it. And they did it. You think that is enough? What is enough for God? Willing and obedient. Both. So many Christians say that I love God with all my heart. I really love Jesus, but never join the church and build the church. Jesus said, if you love me, you love my church. You're going to build the church. So many people say, I love God. I'm willing to do anything, but never do anything. They just say, I'm willing, but they never obey. Some people may obey God, but with the wrong heart. Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 2. And he, a Messiah, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. He did obey, but grudgingly. He was forced to do it. He did it right, but with the wrong heart. How many people want to eat the good of the land? What do you need to do? Willing and obedient. 
Psalm 27 verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What does it mean, the land of the living? The Bible talks a lot about the land. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the land. The good land. Everyone say, the good land. Last night, we talked about loaded on the cards. Tonight, we're going to talk about the good land. The Bible talks about the good land. God gives His people the good land. The best food of the land. The best jayo. The best fish. The best pad thai. And steak. The best food of the land. Pharaoh gave the best to Joseph and his family. We must believe that the Lord is good and He is willing to manifest His goodness right now here on earth in this life. Let me repeat one more time. Right now, on earth, in this life. When the Bible talks about the land, it doesn't mean heaven here. The good land is on earth here. Eat the good of the land here, now, on earth. In this mortal body, God can give us the goodness in the midst of the bad and the ugly. The whole world economy gets bad, but we're still good. We still have enough money. The whole world is in trouble. We're still fine. We still live in a good land. In the midst of the bad and the ugly. The goodness of God is not just an abstract. We must pursue actively. Believe actively and expect actively that we can enjoy the goodness of the Lord while we are on earth right now in this body, the land of the living, not heaven. Now, everyone say now. now. Point to the land. Now. now. In this life. In this life. Before, I die. Before I die. Definitely when you go to heaven, you can have good mansion, good things up there. Heaven is full of goodness because God is there. There's no sin. There's no devil there. Some Christians say that, yes, God is good. We're going to see good in heaven. But in this life, I need to hold out. I need to be patient. I wait until I die. And then one day, I will see the good in heaven. But in this life, so much troubles, so much sorrow, bad. All the bad things happen on earth right now. And I live in the bad things. Is that biblical? No. You don't need to wait to go to heaven. You can eat the good of the land now. You can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Here on earth here. Amen. I try to convince you to believe that God can give you the best of the land now. You can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living now. In every single day life, we can expect God to bless and to give us the best dress, the best clothes, have the good car to drive, have a good house to live in. Amen? Have a good job, have good salary. Do you believe that God can bless you? I'm not trying to be materialistic. Don't take me wrong. You know me long enough. You know me long enough. I'm not a materialistic guy at all. I don't even have any jewelry on my body. I don't even have an iPad. Everyone else has an iPad. Professor Lau, a neurosurgeon, doesn't have an iPad because I'm not materialistic at all. But can I have a good things in this life? Yes. I chose not to buy it. I can buy it. 
But because I'm not materialistic, I don't care about material that much. I want to spend money on the mission. Amen. Or oh, to buy the recording machine, the computer. That we have the new computer there. Amen. I rather do it for the kingdom, not for myself. The good of the land. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe I should stop here and continue tonight, so that I can lay hand. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everyone say, I can experience the goodness of God now, right here on earth, in the land of the living. I will actively believe and expect the manifestation of the goodness of God. And I will represent God in the right way. May the goodness of God fill me. I will be pleasant, joyful, honorable, appropriate, beneficial, right, rich, prosperous, honorable, honest, and well-to-do. In Jesus' mighty name, I believe what the words say. I take side with the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I like this teaching. It's good. We need it. Amen. <laughs> so today, when you get prayed for, ask God to fill you with His goodness so that you can be His good representative on earth here. Your children will not backslide. They will see that you are not judgmental, harsh, and critical, and mean. You are a loving, kind, patient, and just an honorable, beneficial person. Everywhere you go, people get benefit from you. You're not a taker, but you are the giver. Your children will be impressed with God in your life, in your church. Amen? Let's bring the goodness of God back to your home, back to your town. Amen? Fill you with the goodness of God today. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you ready to be filled up? If you never laugh in the Holy Ghost, today, why don't you get God to fill you with the laughter? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. I did not plan this at all. I was worshiping God and then suddenly God came on me. Suddenly. And I was drunk. I could not help it. I believe that God loved me I have been giving and giving and giving to people. So, he wants to give me too. So, congregation, I hope you understand and know that 
God is fair. Because I give you, God you need to give me, and I need to spend time receiving as well. Amen. So we are the family. We take turn to receive. We take turn. We give some time for people to receive. We don't have to hurry. Is that right? We can wait for brother and sister to receive. We should not be in a hurry. Amen. Some day is your turn. Another day is another person's turn. We just take turn. We should not be jealous. We should not be critical and judgmental. We should be happy to see that our brother and sister receive something from God. We should be happy. We should be happy to see that he received from God. Amen. We should not have an attitude that to say that. What a waste of my time! No. Would you be happy to see Jesus walk around and touch your brother and sister? Maybe tonight is not your turn, but that's okay. It may be your turn yesterday, and somebody watch you, see you get touched. This is the way it works in the church. God touch people, God give to people, and we all just rejoice with them, happy with them. Instead of being critical and say what a waste of time, we should have a heart of thinking about other people' benefits and be happy for them. Is that right? That's the right heart. Be happy for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> wow, would it be nice to happen like this every Sunday? <laughs> oh, you know the camp is good because we don't have to worry about programs and work and this and that. We can just focus on God together. It's wonderful to be in the camp. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I want to say that God loves you so much. Amen. God loves you so much. That's why He called and anointed somebody to be a shepherd over the flock. This is the demonstration of God's love. It's not about me at all. I'm just a human being, but the Spirit of Jesus Christ loves you. So he has to come upon somebody to take care of his people on his behalf. Amen. Actually, I studied the Bible, and it's interesting. In the First Corinthians chapter three, they quarrel. They say like this: "Oh, we are of Apollos, and oh, we are of Pauls. We are of this and that." And at the end of the scripture, it's interesting. Paul say, "When they read it, it's like the light shine on me and understand." Paul say they are all yours. God give you the pastor, and he is yours to serve you. I'm not the boss; I am your servant. God give me to you as your gift. I am yours. I belong to you. I am your servant. 
God used the pastor. God put the pastor to be yours, that you can be blessed. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That's what it's saying. Apollos and Paul, and at the end of the chapter, say, they're all yours. These pastors and leaders belong to you. God put them there. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the mighty hand of praise one more time to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that God touched the youth. Their life will never be the same. Their life will never be the same. God is real to them now. It's not just a God of their parents. It's not a religion anymore. It's not a religion called New Hope International Church. But it's the reality of God. That they encounter God themselves. He said, wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you will speak to us tonight to have more understanding and revelation and faith in the area of the goodness of God. Speak to us, Lord, tonight by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Psalm 27, verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We talk about the goodness of God in this land. God give us the good land. Now, right here on earth, down here, not in heaven, we can have the good land, which is the demonstration of the goodness of God, the best of the land. And we should actively pursuing, believing, expecting the demonstration of the goodness of God. We should believe in the extra goodness of God. No matter what circumstances, we can stand by our faith, and believe that God is good, He loves us, and He wants to show His goodness to us all the days of our life. The devil will try to discourage you. The devil will try to take your faith away. But stand on it. Don't give up on the promise of God. Why are so many people discouraged? Why do they faint, give up, throw the tower, and become suicidal? The reason because they have lost their hope. They do not believe in the goodness of God. They do not believe that God will come true for their life. They could not believe that God is good to them. They expect bad things happen tomorrow. They expect bad things to happen tonight. They just think about bad things all the time. They don't believe that God loves them and has a good plan for them. So they say, what's the point? Why bother? Let's give up. Let's give up going to church. Let's give up reading the Bible. What's the point? They don't hang on to the goodness of God. And eventually, they become discouraged. Please have more faith in the goodness of God than in the devil. Please have more faith in His righteousness than your own sin. A lot of people have more faith in their own sin than in God's righteousness. 
They have more faith in the devil, destruction, than the goodness of God. Let us have more faith in God than in the devil and in our own sin. Actually, we have to make choice. We make choice to be a righteous person who fear God and stand firm on faith. Faith will make us righteous. God counted Abraham as the righteous because of his faith. We stand on our faith to become righteous. Or we're going to reject God and deny God and curse God and put our finger up to God and say, God, you are not good. I don't like you. You need to choose the path because this is a serious issue. Whatever path you go, you can go deeper. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, but evil men, mean those who reject God, and imposter will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. When people reject God, they can get worse in their corruption and their sin, getting worse and worse and worse because the devil will try to do more destruction on their life. But on the opposite way, if we choose to be righteous by faith, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. I don't choose to go downhill, worse and worse in the evil way. I want to be the righteous that shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Today, I encourage many people during lunchtime and after lunch that hang on to the church with the file of God and revival. Because I can guarantee, as years go by, if you don't give up, you hang on to the church, you're going to be brighter, more anointing, more gift, more faith. You keep going up and up and up, higher and higher by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm more anointed than two years ago. I have more faith than five years ago. Every year, my faith is growing up. My anointing has increased because I hang on to God and I decide to be a righteous man. Because we are righteous and we hang on to God, it's getting brighter and brighter. Everyone say brighter. Brighter. How many people want to be brighter? How many people want to be worse? I want to be brighter. I don't want to be worse. And if we really hang on to the goodness of God and believe in the goodness of God, in this world, right now, in this life, we can have many days of heaven on earth here. We don't need to wait to go to heaven to have good days and goodness of God. I'm not saying that we're going to have good days of heaven every single day. No. We have some up and down. Sometimes we face problems and we down. We have the time of walking through the shadow of death or through the valley of life. We have midnight hour of life like Paul, have midnight hour. But we will have more heaven days if we trust in the goodness of God. Amen? A lot of people don't want that heaven days and they reject the goodness of God. But if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Amen? God wants us to hang on to His promise and His goodness. So let us believe that God will continue to bless us with His goodness. Because unbelief chokes and blocks the goodness of God. Actually, you cannot blame God if you don't experience the goodness of God. It's your own unbelief. And sometimes people say that I believe, but it's we call mental assent. They just agree in their head 
but they don't really believe in the heart. So we have to be careful of mental assent or just mental agreement. Faith is of the heart. We need to make a decision, believe in our heart. I know that this is an issue. Don't take me wrong. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm not trying to blame anybody. I myself struggle too. I am one of you. And in fact, I struggle all the time about checking that this is a fate of my heart or it's just mental agreement. And I have to work on it. I have to fight the good fight of faith. I try to read the Bible, listen to the word of God to build the faith in my heart so that I can see the manifestation of the promise of God and the goodness of God in my life. It takes faith to have the goodness of God. Why it takes faith? Because we all make mistakes. When we make mistakes, we may feel condemned. And then we say that maybe God doesn't love us anymore. Maybe He doesn't want to give us good things anymore. We have to rise up and say, God love me. God forgive me. I'm going to take my faith to receive the goodness of God. Take the grace of God. Even though I make mistakes, but the grace of God is bigger than my mistake. Amen? But the key is we need to be willing and obedient. God called you to do something. God tells you to do something either to the Scriptures, to the Bible, or to the Holy Spirit. You should be willing and obedient. Amen? Twenty-something years ago, God called me to start the church. In fact, my flesh, I did not want to do it because I was on call every day. I was off only one Sunday a month. Being on call as a neurosurgeon, you have only three or four hours sleep every night. I have to prepare my sermon late at night. No help, no worship leader. Pastor Dad need to lead worship herself. There's no help. And I was a resident. My flesh doesn't want to do it. But I and Pastor Dad decide to be willing and obedient and start the church. Because that's how I'm going to eat the good of the land, by being willing and obedient. God tells us in Isaiah 120, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. You see, the problem is not with God. Let me say one more time. Any problem in this world is not from God. The problem comes from our free will. Our free will dictates the future because we make wrong decisions, because we rebel against God, we disobey God. That's why we get into trouble. Don't blame God at all. Sometimes people may ask me, Pastor, why these bad things happen to me? I will answer you. If the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me, I don't have the answer because I don't know everything in your life, what you do each day, what you talk each day. I'm not watching you all the time. So I don't know what you're doing at home, watching what kind of program, reading what kind of book, what kind of talking you do at home, how you manage your finances. I don't know. I have no answer. Only God knows why this thing happened. The only thing you should do is to stand firm. If God convicts you about some sin, repent as soon as possible. Turn around, be willing and obedient and move on and fight a good fight of faith. Forget the past. Don't look back to the past disappointment. Don't look back to the past failure and past setbacks anymore. Just say, today is a new day. I'm going to start again to walk by faith. I'm going to be obedient to God and willing to obey God and take action of obedience. And I will forget the past yesterday. Two years ago, five days ago, I'm going to forget the past and start all over again. Our God is a God of restoration our God is the God of the lost and found. Look at the story of Ruth. Ruth lost her husband. A sad story. But Ruth did not give up in faith. She followed 
her mother-in-law to the land of Israel. God saw her heart that she never blamed God. She never lose her faith. She never back off from the goodness of God. And she was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. But God blessed her by letting her marry Boaz. And Boaz became the ancestor of Jesus Christ. There's nothing impossible with God. You may lose in the past. Job lost everything, but God gave him back double. Ruth lost her husband, but God gave her another husband who became a great-grandfather of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the key is keep your heart right. Amen? You stay in faith. You believe God is so good to you. And trust God that God is good no matter what happened to your life. God doesn't want you to use worn-out stuff. How can you tell the world that God is good if you are running your tires until there is no tread on the tire anymore? How can you tell the world that God is good if your windshield wiper was so broken that they both flop, 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 and you don't have money to change the windshield wiper? How are you going to tell the world that God is good if you count every single penny before you spend? Should I give to that person? How many pennies here? How can you tell the world that God is good if you have to rinse out your shampoo bottle five times before the real shampoo inside ran out? You have to keep putting the water, check, 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 until the last drop. How can you tell the world that God is good? All these behaviors of waiting until the tires tread ran out, until the windshield wiper broke and broke and broke, until flip-flop all over the place. Rinsing out your shampoo. I don't know, somebody may be doing that. Don't think that I'm attacking you. Rinsing your shampoo. I did that actually. Long time ago. I repent now, I repent. Pastor Da corrected me many times. What are you doing? Put the water in there. Oh, I want to save some money. Chinese man. All these behaviors are the signs of fear, not faith. Are the sign of fear and lack of understanding about the goodness of God. Amen? You are afraid that your money is going to run out. You are very concerned that you will not have money to buy food on the table for your kids. You count every single penny because you are afraid that God will not come through for your next bill. Because you don't trust in the goodness of God. And this condition is called poverty mentality. Fear and poverty are both spirit and mentality. Spirit means demons. There are demons of fear and there are demons of poverty that attack you, attack you, attacking you so that you will be poor. But at the same time, the problem in yourself is that you have fearful and poverty mentality. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the church have that mentality. They fear all the time that money is going to run out. When they're going to give offering to God, like, oh, $5. I'm going to be poor now. I give that $5 away. They dare not give anything to anybody. They're so fearful of lacking because they don't understand that God is so good. God is a provider. It takes a willing heart to repent and it takes a lot of sermon to knock, 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 knock the junk of the poverty mentality out of people. It's ugly. Poverty mentality destroys people. You can see all these signs of poverty mentality in the church. Use cheap stuff, the cheapest you can. 
don't want to give to anybody, want to save, 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 but never sold. I just worry that I don't have two millions. Oh, two millions is not enough. Oh, I need three millions. Actually, they have millions, but they still feel poor because it's a mentality inside here in the heart that they are afraid of not having enough. We need to knock that out. Amen. God is good. He's a God of excess. He's a God of abundance. God of more than enough. Don't worry. God will never let you hungry. He will provide for you. Amen. Look at what the Bible say about the two mentality: the generous mentality and the poverty mentality. Proverbs chapter eleven twenty four to twenty five. There is one who scatters generous mentality, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. You can see that two groups of people here: people who are generous, trust God. Believe God is a good God. They will be generous and keep sowing and giving. And the Bible say they will be make rich. But people who have poverty mentality hold everything to themselves. They don't trust God. They will be even more poorer. That is the spiritual law of the universe. Poverty mentality destroy people. Why? Let me explain to you. When you have poverty mentality, you will put money above relationship. If I have poverty mentality, and my wife say, "You know, my car is quite old now; it's gonna break soon," I would say, "Honey, honey, la, five more years, okay. Don't buy a new car. You don't deserve it. I need to save it when I'm retired. You just use the old car; it's okay, la." And then our relationship will be bad because you can start to feel that my husband doesn't care about me. A lot of people lose friends, lose their children. Even the children never want to see their face anymore. They move out the house and never want to call the dad and the mom because the dad and the mom have the poverty mentality. Don't want to buy anything for the kids. Don't want to do anything for the kids. You do yourself. I don't care about you. Just keep money. I just want money. Don't touch my penny right now. Poverty mentality. Destroy every relationship, either in the family, in the church, in the office, is a junk. Is nasty. Is destructive. We need to get rid of that poverty mentality. Amen. It is interesting. After God set the Israelite free out of Egypt and the hand of Pharaoh, actually, I love the story about Moses very much. About Moses, the type of Jesus, took the Israelite out of Egypt, which is the type of the dark world or the kingdom of darkness, and hand of Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of Satan, and the children of Israel was a type of Christians in the church, and they went through the wilderness to get to the promised land. We have the promised land, is that right? And in this story, they have the pillar of fire. Leading them, so we need the tangible presence of God in the church. We need the fire of God in order for the church to reach the promised land. Without the fire, forget about it. We cannot reach the promised land. When God took them out from Egypt, God created the whole earth, and He looked throughout the whole earth, and He picked one piece of the land for the children of Israel. And what kind of land He picked for them? Let me read for you. Deuteronomy chapter one twenty four to twenty five, 
and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. And they also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. They brought back word to us, saying, "It is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us." Out of the whole world, after the children of Israel left Egypt, He pointed from heaven that one I gave to you. What kind of land? Good land. Good climate. Good soil. Good rainfall. Good. Fruits, good land. You think this is applied to the 21st century Christians? Do you think that God picked a good land for you? The same thing. God picked a good job for you. God picked a good spouse for you. I don't know about you. I have a good spouse. God picked for me since before I become a Christian. Some of you may, who may not have a spouse yet, God will pick for you later on. Don't lose hope yet. Amen. If God cannot pick somebody, you cannot avoid it. Good land. Amen. But the problem is that we don't get the good land because of fear and unbelief. Deuteronomy 1:26. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. Wow. God put the good land, but their attitudes were sour. They rebelled. They complained. They did not believe. They just Fear the giant in the land that did not trust God. That God is a good God. So instead of stepping into the good land, they back off, and they did not want to go in. What happened? All of that generation died in the wilderness after circle around the wilderness for 40 years. They died because of the spirit of unbelief, of fear, of lacking faith in the goodness of God. Amen. First John chapter four verses fifteen to sixteen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believe the love. Everyone says the love. Everyone say no, and believe. No, which means come and test and experience the goodness and the love of God, and believe the love that God has for us. Is love good? Is God love? God is love. God is love. Love is good. God is good. This is a formula. God is love. Love is good. God is good. So, do you believe in the goodness of God? Do you know the goodness of God? If you know and you believe the love and the goodness of God, your life will never be the same because that faith will strengthen you. It causes you to love Him more. It causes you to repent. It causes you to be willing and obedient, and do the right thing. And you will eat the good of the land. A big problem is that most Christians don't believe and don't know the love and the goodness of God. That's why they were not re- obedient. They not, were not willing, and they get into trouble. We need to bring the goodness of God into the church. Amen. Have you ever heard this sentence? It sounds too good to be true. It's like a fairy tale. The goodness of God is too good to be true, but it's true. It's good and it's true. Amen. And God can give you good things, good clothes, good cars, good houses, good jobs. He has a good land for you down here on earth. But you, it takes faith 
to test and see the goodness of God. It takes faith to feel the love of God, to see the manifestation of the love of God in our life. Amen. Do you have faith? If you don't have faith yet, listen to the word of God. Keep listening and listening and listening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you with nice things. Everyone say, I believe. God wants to bless me with nice things. Amen. Don't have a poverty spirit. And God still wants to bless you with healing. God wants to bless you with finances. God wants to bless you with all things that you need in your life. The gospel covers all the needs in your life, not just one aspect. Amen? Somebody say that the most important message of the gospel is that people are saved from sin, forgiveness of sin, and don't go to hell. Is it true? Let me explain to you. Mark chapter 16, 15 to 18. He said to them, go into the whole world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. This sign will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink deadly poison. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Does the good news cover Physical need, mental need, and spiritual need, and financial need? Yes. Okay? The good news of God covers everything. When you go out to preach the good news, you don't preach hellfire and brimstone. If you don't repent, you go to hell. You do not preach that way. You say that God loves you. God has good plan for your life. God can meet all of your needs. If you come to know God, He will show His goodness to you. That is the good news. It's not a bad news. God wants us to preach the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the good news. Is the good news only about forgiveness of sin? Let me ask this question. If a man is saved already, his name was recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, but he has no power to fight anything. Is that stop there, the good news? What is the most important message to him? Not just Jesus is a savior. It's interesting. The Bible says God preached the good news to the poor, not to the lost man. The lost man needs the forgiveness of God. Are you following me? The man who is saved but have no strength needs to have the good news that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And he can baptize him to be filled with the power and strength so that he can have power to live in this life. A man can be millionaire, save, the name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, but he's so sick that he cannot go to the church every Sunday. He's in the hospital. What is the good news for him? The good news is that Jesus is Jehovah Rapha. He's the healer. He can heal you. If a man is so healthy and strong, safe, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, but broke, he's broke. He cannot pay bills. He is always behind financially. What is the good news? God is the Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. You can see that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the good news of the kingdom of God covers everything in human's need. Jesus gave up his body for your body, healing. Jesus gave up his soul for your soul, the joy and the happiness. Jesus gave up his spirit for your spirit to go to heaven. That is the good news. Amen? 
That's why we need to preach the whole good news or the whole gospel, not just forgiveness of sin and go to heaven. Healing is a message of good news. Provision is a good news. The strength, the power of God is a good news. The fire of God is a good news. Amen. Clean you up so that you can pure and holy. It's a good news. Hallelujah. Are we going to proclaim the good news? If people experience the goodness of God in healing, provision, forgiveness of sin, joy, they will run to God. They will love God. They will repent. You don't need to force people to go to church anymore. You don't need to call them up on Sunday morning. When you're going to wake up, you don't need to beg them to tie to church. You don't need to beg them to give. They will give. They will love God. They want to do. They want to repent. They want to give as soon as possible. They want to serve God. It's, it's out of devotion because of the goodness of God. Therefore, the church needs to lead people into the goodness of God. Amen? That's the key. The queen of Sheba was a woman of substantial influence. She was a queen. She was rich. She heard the story about King Solomon, that he was so full of supernatural wisdom and he was so rich. So she came to Jerusalem to check it out herself. First King chapter 10, verse 1 say, Now when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. King Solomon is a type of Christian. Experience the goodness of God with the spiritual wisdom, with the riches and prosperity and good things from God, the good land on earth here. The Queen of Sheba is a type of non-Christian who don't know God, who don't understand Jehovah and the goodness of God. Verse 2 to 5 say, She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. When the queen of Sheba has seen, everyone says seen, all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of the waiters and their apparel, his cupbearer and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. The queen of Sheba saw the goodness of God in the life of Solomon, the wisdom and the riches. It took her breath out. Whoo! Wow! Oh! Oh! Wow! I want to know your God. Your God must be real and good. Can people walk into your house and say, wow. When people talk to you at the office, no one can fix the problem in the computer. And you sit there for five minutes with the wisdom from God, the computer was fixed. Everyone say, wow. It takes the breath out of them. And you say, Jesus told me what to do. Amen. We need to let the goodness of God flow into our life. The goodness of God in our life should be the conversation starter. When people see us, oh, wow, why are you so blessed? Ah, ha, ha. Because I'm a Christian. God bless me. Every time people look at your life, the goodness of God that is manifest in your life should be the conversation starter. Not about politics, government, TV, movie. The goodness of God should be the conversation in your life. You can tell people, God is good to me. Let me conclude this sermon. No matter how much you know about God right now, that He is good, I want to encourage you. He is still better than what you know. Are you getting what I try to say? You know that He's good this much, but actually His goodness is much 
greater, bigger than what you know. Please enlarge your faith. Please have bigger expectation that God is going to do something bigger, larger, higher than what you can imagine. The Bible says that He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask and imagine. That's how good He is. More than you can imagine. He's better than what you think, but He's still good. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants to give you good things, good stuff, good car, good equipments, good computer, good building, good facility, good musical equipment to do good works. That many people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives you the goodness of God, not so that you can be covetous and selfish, greedy, and self-centered. God gives you the good stuff, good things, good land on earth here, so that you can do good works. This morning we learned that we need to imitate God, that we need to be good like Him, pleasant, righteous, good, rich, but also we need to do good works like Him. Open your homes for care group. Cook to feed people. Use your money. Pick up people. Use your car to pick up people to the church. After you pick up for a while, God's going to give you a better car. Because He sees that you use His good stuff for Him. You use your money to pay somebody to go to camp. Next year, you get a promotion. Because God wants to give you more. He sees that you're so faithful in doing good stuff for Him. He gives you more. So remember this. God gives you the good land, good things, so that you can be a witness. Like King Solomon is a witness to the Queen of Sheba. Not only that, so that you can do good works to preach the good news of the good God so that the goodness of God can go into all the world and more people will come to believe in the good God through you who has the goodness of God manifest in you who are good people and love the goodness of God and believe in the goodness of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for this message to remind us about the goodness of God. Father, if we have any unbelief or rebellion like the children of Israel, please forgive us, Lord. Please help us to turn around that we will walk by faith and obedience and willing heart, a good heart, willing and obedient, and we will eat the good of the land and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And you give us the good land, good stuff, good things to do the good works, Father. We thank you so much that you're such a good God. You love us so much and you want to demonstrate your love and your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are you convinced that God is good? We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you.